Dots. I'm Dr. Latifah. I'm the host of the Money Fit MD podcast. This is where we help badass women physicians just like you learn simple and effective tools to build wealth from the inside out. That way we can create wealth and bigger impact without all the burnout. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Hi. hi, guys. Hi, 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 everybody. So we're doing something really interesting today. You may be listening to this on the Money Fit MD podcast, or you may be listening to it on Simply Worth It. This is Dr. Latifat, aka Money Fit MD, and this is Linda Streets, aka Did Badass Negotiator. <laughs> it's like I usually so welcome, like guys. I feel like Prince. This is awesome. <laughs> This is awesome. So we're doing a double episode, which means that we're recording and it's going to be streaming on both of our channels. And the reason why that is amazing and important is because we're two women that believe that women can and should have money. And every time we hear women getting paid less and having less money than they should, we get really, really pissed. Yes, definitely. It is a thorn in my side and it's completely unnecessary. You don't have to be underpaid. Let's talk a little bit about that, actually. Why are women underpaid? Yeah. And it's fun because I think when we combine our two niches, it's a combination of women not making enough on the front end because they're not advocating for themselves or they don't believe that they can ask for things or they just don't know that they're underpaid. They have no idea what their market average and market value is to be able to compare that to what they're currently receiving. And then you swoop over to your end. And if you're putting less in the kind of input end of things, and then you're not managing your mind about the output, you don't end up building wealth. And so a lot of that starts at earning. If you put more in on the front end of the equation, it doesn't have to work as hard to get big on the end. And so many of us are not making our potential for various reasons. And I would say, I would hazard to guess that a good majority of physicians don't even have any clue as to what they should be making. Like when you finished fellowship, did you have an idea of what you should be making or did you know what your faculty told you you should make? I knew nothing about nothing. And I wasn't asking because, you know, when you have so much shame about money, when you're really, I mean, we've been taught that money is a taboo in medicine. We don't talk about it. If you talk about money, it's like saying you're anti-science. So I kind of knew what my attendees were making because I went, it's, you know, academic in California. You can look it all up online. So I was able to see it, but we don't talk about it because if I talk to my attendees about their money, oh my goodness, it's like, let's see if I going to go out there, do GI procedures on humans every one second to make gazillion dollars of money. That is literally the thought. Or that was my thought about what they would think. But I never asked them because, again, money is taboo. So we have thoughts about what people are going to think, right? But we all never talk about it. And it becomes this really bad system of what we don't know what we should be charging. We don't know what we should be getting paid. And we don't know what to do with the money. Right. And especially, I love that you brought up that you were able to look up your attending salary because that was something available to me as well. And the problem with that is then we think of that as, okay, this is normal. Well, in reality, 
most of your junior faculty at academic institutions are being paid fairly poorly. And it's kind of a pyramid system, right? Like there's a few people on the top that seem to do less of the work and get paid more of the money. And then there's a lot of people on the bottom who are doing the heavy lifting and contributing, but not getting paid as much. And so it's one very small microcosm of how a physician can earn money. And what we're not seeing is the other pieces of that package. Like what research time do they have allocated? What teaching responsibilities? Like, do they work four days a week? And so they're really happy with their job. And that's okay that they're making the 20th percentile because they're doing 80% of the work. We don't see all those nuances when we just see a number on a spreadsheet. Not to mention that the folks who are going into corporate medicine and private practice are earning more money than that. And so when you have that as your only frame, you're setting yourself up to under-earn because the next thing I see people tell themselves is, oh, well, I'm a new graduate. I don't have that much to offer. So I should just say yes to whatever they give me. Don't do that. True. No. I mean, if anything, you are probably as up-to-date as you're ever going to be with the exception maybe of studying for boards. I know for us at OB, we do an oral board process. It's usually about two years out. And I felt like when I finished that, both my generalist and my subspecialist boards, that was kind of the mecca of my knowledge level. Like I knew so much at that point. But as somebody who's new and fresh, you have so much to offer, especially if you're going into an environment that's very what I call inbred. So you have a lot of folks who have trained the same way in the same spot and do everything exactly the same. If you come in from the outside, you may have a whole new approach to kind of the common things that you deal with in your subspecialty or specialty that can really advance the practice's ability to take great care of patients because you're new. That's interesting. You know, it's interesting as you're talking, it reminds me of something that I posted a while ago. And I posted this on social media. I said, under earning is selfish. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why I posted that is because I think in general, when it comes to effecting change, there are different levels of effecting change, right? There is what we have control over, what we can do, and there's what the system and the structural the structures in place that is completely flawed has existed. And if we are not in a position where we empower ourselves, we're always going to feel like we're victims. And that's why it's important for you to be as the listeners here to do what you can to make sure you're well when it comes to finances, because I believe that money is a tool that strengthens the power of our voice. So that when you get your money crap together, I call crap shit. I'm a GI doc. So whatever platform you listen to this, hi, I'm your money coach, AKA my Money Fit MD, and I talk about shit all day at work as a gastroenterologist, <laughs> right? So it becomes this thing where you have to be well enough to change the system. You have to be well enough to change the structure. And if you're worried about your paycheck, it's harder for you to change the system. You're going to be pissed. You're going to be upset. However, those have their utility. But if you're not able to take those emotions you have and make it into something productive, you're just going to be upset forever and burned out forever. So when I say things like under earning is selfish, that's what I mean. Right. And now today, you know, Dr. Stritz is talking to you guys about how to make sure you negotiate and get what you should be getting from your income. But also remember that there's so many other ways of earning that's within your power. And it doesn't have to be either or. We want you to 
earn your worth. And we know that as women physicians, you give a ton of value and we want you to get paid well for that. So we want you to make sure you're maximizing what I call the lowest hanging fruits, which is stop getting underpaid for what you're already doing. And then I want you to bring some abundance into that. And remember that your earning potential is not restricted to what you're making clinically. And if you don't pay attention to that, that means that you've been complacent and you're actually actively participating in making women have less wealth. I know. I was going to let that sit for a second. I've got chills. Yes. And I think that what you bring up about multiple streams and kind of different ways you can earn, a lot of that feeds nicely into the negotiation because you're actually probably going to be paid more as a physician in your day job if you have multiple sources. Bear with me for a second. Because the better leverage you have, and leverage is all about how valuable that your other option is. So what's your next best choice from your end? And from their end, it's how you're the perfect solution to their problems. Those are the two parts of the teeter-totter. And if you're already getting 40% of your income from outside endeavors, or if you have these alternatives, then you don't have to accept under earning. You can demand with greater confidence to be paid what you're worth because worst case scenario, they say, no, you get to choose whether or not you'll stay in that environment. And you're more confident in that decision because A, you have a pillow, you have somewhere to land that's a little softer than my bank account is negative. And B you realize that you're not a one-trick pony. You can earn from different ways. And so then you show up to that negotiation in a way, you show up to your job because you don't have to have it. So you show up in a way that you're more valuable to them because you're showing up full blast all the time instead of showing up fearful and showing up afraid of rocking the boat and showing up unwilling to challenge things which on the surface sounds like a good little worker bee, but in reality, that's not the person who's out there making as much of a difference. That's not the person who's out there really leveraging their strengths to put extreme value into the world as a clinician and as a physician entrepreneur. I mean, if you're listening to us on a podcast, you're missing out because I'm literally like saying hallelujah with my hand and like nodding like crazy because I'm like, We're yes. We're like, yes, yes, right? And the thing too is you're there because you want to. You're not there because you have to. And that sounds like a very sound minor, but it's actually huge. And I experienced some of that myself last year in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, you know, it's been crazy everywhere, COVID streets all day. And I was in the hospital in the middle of the night doing a procedure. And I had, I was like exhausted because we had been, you know, we're helping our hospitalist colleagues and doing all those things. And I had this moment where I'm like, what am I even doing here? And then like, I'm tired today. And I instantly, in that moment, I was like, actually, I'm here because I want to. I would tell you in that microsecond, I felt the pressure on my shoulder just go down. And it's just like, it's me sound minor, but imagine if I was there because I didn't have any other option. I was there because if I don't show up, I'm gonna be homeless next month, or I think I'm gonna be homeless next month. That pressure is always gonna be there. And I'm gonna take that throughout as I'm seeing my patients, as you know, I'm there because I'm just going through the process versus I'm actually here to help you and I care that you're here. So in my mind, honestly, that's part of, again, if you're under earning, you're selfish. 
It's selfish, right? Because what it does is you're selfish to yourself, but you're also selfish to the people that you're setting out to help in the first place. And this world, guys, needs all of our magic. When we went into medicine, we went in there to help people. We went in there to make a change. I love using our personal statements. Like if you want to get inspired, go back and read the personal statements that people wrote when they got into med school. Yes, life has changed. Yes, we've evolved. Yes, we're growing and more mature, whatever that means to you. However, we are the most driven, the most passionate, the most giving, like the most I want to see the world get better people. And then something happens over the course of our lives and training and we become like this passive people because we're beat up by the system. And our point, what we're telling you today is it doesn't have to be that way. And for us, when we talk about money, we want you to be able to spend money, whatever the heck you want. But also, and more importantly, just as important as that is we truly believe that money is something that will help you live your best life. That is mission driven. That is impact driven. That is purpose driven. And that is true, complete wealth, having cash and having purpose. Right. I love that. And I think the other, one of the things that someone said in some flavor in a conversation I was witness to that I think really holds true here is when you're negotiating for your salary, for example, in your job, you're not taking a piece of the pie that's finite away from someone else. And if you are taking a piece of the pie away from someone else, it's probably higher level administration. And let's be real, who's going to do better good in the world with that 30,000, that 50,000, that 200,000, you or the CEO who went to Florida and hid at a golf course during the beginning of the pandemic. Not that all administrators are that way, but who's going to do better with your money in the world, you or someone else? And when you have more, you have the ability to give more, you have the ability to do more. And even if you don't want to, you don't have to donate it to anything. You can just create wealth for your family. But what, who's going to be a better steward of that money, yourself or the, co- the corporate infrastructure? And we all know that a lot of these structures are super wasteful and they don't place value in the same places we might place value. So what better way to shift that a little bit than to shift where the money's going? I love that. And I'm going to say that this may sound a little woo-woo to some people, but my job as a money coach is to help my people get it however way they can get it. And there are times when I think of money, it helps, it helps to think of money as energy and how kind of what you're talking about. We, I think, okay, we're about to go even a little deeper here. I think we do a lot of disservice. Okay. So bear with me. If you're on Linda's podcast, you may not know me. So <laughs> here is what you get. What you get is what you get. Right. And we're home right now, chilling around the fire. So I'm not going to apologize to you for like calling you out, but I'm about (laughs) to call you some people out today. And I love you guys. It's all with love. So here's the deal. The way I think about money, it's almost like you can think about it. It's not like money's energy, but you can think about it as energy. Right. A lot of times the challenge that we have with money does disservice to money. We think about having money. We think about hoarding money. We think about spending money. It's like money is like, y'all, you're underthinking about me. And more than this, I flow through you. You are the conduit to which I do amazing stuff. You are the like, it is not for you to like sit down and hoard or act like I'm a baby. And I'm not a baby. I'm more powerful than that. Right. So pretty much. When money gets into your hands, you become the conduit 
that like blows it into different areas. And part of those areas is you taking care of yourself and getting a freaking vacation that is overdue, right? It's you not overworking so that you can actually have the space and time to think about doing all the things that you were born to create. That when you think that all you're meant to do is being a physician, you actually are under, you know, whatever. You're undershooting your your impact because we're all meant for so much bigger and so much crazier stuff, right? So it helps sometimes to think about money being directed. You are literally like this ray through which money flows into different places. When you go to the grocery store, when you tip someone at the restaurant, when you pay for gas, when you give or donate, like that is what money does. When you put it in your bank account, when you invest it, it grows in there so that a couple of years from now, you can again do that, help direct it again. So when you're leaving money on the table, what you're literally doing is you're blocking the flow through which money wants to shoot into the world. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, and that's so great. And it's funny because I always think of a hierarchy as money. When we're talking about negotiations, we're talking about salaries and money, which is our focus today because of my lovely company. But we're also talking about time and energy. And I think of them in that order. So money's on the bottom, then there's time, then there's energy because money is a renewable resource. Time is not. We have a limited number. We don't know what that number is, but it's on a bubble above our head and it is going to go off at some point. And then there's energy. And I always think of energy as kind of the best. So I love that you connected the three because you can have three days and be exhausted and be muddling through, let's say a call weekend where you feel like you got dumped on and you're taking extra call. You're not being compensated for it. So you can have three days, 72 hours spent that way. And it's not refreshing. It's not contributing. It's not creating versus you can have three days of say a retreat. Like we go to these retreats and you get into this like high level co-creative energy there. And you're able to really expand your thought processes and think about like, what could I do for the world? What could I achieve? What do I need for myself? And you're able to harness that rest. And that's a whole different energy level, even though it's the same time. If it's a whole different time, if you have the money and you're not worried about it, And so they all connect to each other, but having a solid base, having a nice pyramid of money and that base being a solid foundation allows you to enjoy your time, to have more energy, because then you get to choose, how am I going to spend my time? Okay, I'm going to spend on this because this is somewhere where I'm happy. I have high energy. I'm able to contribute. I really can focus on this little place and make a difference. And I'm able to do that. I'm able to contribute that because I have the time because I was a good steward of my money. So it all connects. I love it. I, love it. I have, as you were talking, I you come. one of my clients comes to mind. She says, listen, if you're a woman physician, you're a badass. I don't care what you think you are. You may not think you are, but you are. But this, person, this specific person is a physician and she's also a badass physician. She's a primary care doc. And I remember when we started working together and, you know, it was sort of like she had a bunch of debt. She didn't really want to talk about it. She didn't want to think about it because she's like, I've worked so hard. I didn't grow up with money. And now I get to enjoy Disneyland. And that's the only thing I want to do. I will pay off my debt at some point. She had had no thoughts about wealth because as family medicine doctors, unfortunately, people don't talk to y'all enough about wealth. And so as we're negotiating, you have to think about your wealth because wealth is possible for you. And for the reason why I bring her up as well is 
when we work through like the negotiating part of things, the understanding the value that you bring, she actually gets paid a good amount of money. And now what she was able to do was she cut down one day a week at work. And she's been enjoying that time in terms of feeling herself up, right? As a human, as a mom, she takes trips. She does like solo trips, day trip, takes care of her kids, being able to drop her kids off on that day. And it's been so good for her. The interesting thing is her income didn't go down. Her salary did not go down. It did not go down, did not go down. And she cut down by one day. That's a power of knowing how to negotiate. That's a power of knowing what you're understanding, your billing, your RVU system, learning how to bill appropriately, learning how to document appropriately. So you're not cheating yourself because badass women, we don't cheat others, but we also don't cheat ourselves, right? So keep that in mind. So she did the work, she earned the money, one day less. Now she's taking the same money from her clinical income and she's investing it into real estate, into stock market. And listen, y'all, this is a family medicine doc. And that's why I bring her up to you because she just sent me a picture a couple of days ago. And she's like, I can't believe it. Seven figures net worth. I just want to clap less than 40. for a Air clap. She's less than 40. You may go, well, she's a unicorn. So are you. Yeah. So are you. So what you earn matters. And I want you to start thinking of what you're earning as a seed. So if you're leaving money on the table, one, you're not being true to who you are because you're a badass and we don't cheat ourselves. So making sure you take the money you're already working and putting value on because you are not greedy for asking. The people that didn't give it to you are the ones that are greedy for not giving it to you without you needing to ask. So when you, you take that money. badass. Yep. Yep. The exactly. Like, the end. You're now taking that seed and you're using it to amplify your net worth, using it to amplify your wellness, to amplify your impact, right? So what you're earning is seed money to be planted so that you can build diverse sources of income. And remember, having multiple sources of income is not having multiple jobs of income. It doesn't have to be that way. You have the power to choose, right? But if you don't talk about money, if you don't have those conversations in communities where it's been had, you're cutting yourself short. And if you are not asking, you are exactly the person that we need asking so that you can have more money because I cannot think of better people than you to have money in your hands. And I think another thing that comes to mind when you're sharing this is as someone who's going to be first generation wealth for the most part, I think that those are the folks who really owe it to themselves to do this because think of all the people in your circle. Think of all the people who also don't know this information. Think of all the people that you can impact just by how you're living your life. And yeah, you may say, oh, well, they're going to say, oh, you're a doctor. That's why you were able to do that. But really like that had nothing to do with it. The fact that you're a doctor is your career. And that was maybe some of the part of the input part of the equation. But let's be real of how old we are when we all start working. Let's be real about the debt burden that most of us have. And so it's not just because you're a doctor. It's not automatic because you're a doctor. It's because you're a person who said, I'm worth this. And you took the steps you needed to make it happen. It's it's, uh, a couple of years ago, we took a course in real estate. And I don't know if you took the same class course. We did the one with semi-retired. Shout out to Candy and Letty. They're two of my favorite. I have it. I've watched half of the videos. (laughs) All right. I'm semi through the semi-retired. I am semi through the semi-retired. I will say I haven't watched all the videos and I've invested in so many properties. So you don't have to finish. That's a topic for another day, y'all. 
You don't have to finish every single content to create. Just remember that, everybody. In this case, I learned from them and we've taken that information. We've built our own knowledge. We've built our own net worth. We've invested. I've taught people how to do it, especially complementing with them taking the course and just helping them hypercharge the actions that they can take. And we have shared information and knowledge with people that are not physicians. We have taught our stay-at-home mom. We've taught lawyer. We've taught our our contractor, by the way, because we're like, homie, you're doing all this work. We were connecting him with other physicians locally that were looking for properties and stuff. And we're like, wait a minute, why can't you learn it? You have the tools. You probably have the money or you can find the money. You learn it. We taught our contractor. We've taught our friends that are state workers because literally what your day job is as a physician is not why you will build wealth. Right. And in fact, sometimes I think as physicians, it does us a little bit of disservice because we see that six figure and maybe seven figure paycheck, depending on what you do. And we're like, oh, this is big. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to invest anywhere else. But your six figures in salary does not equate automatic debt or wealth. So you have to learn how to take that seed, because by the time you don't pay in taxes, by the time you pay your bills, It's not going to be much less and much more. And you're going to work forever in order to build that net worth. In fact, the same client that I talked to you about, imagine if all she was doing was relying on her clinical job. She's still less than 40 years old. It's going to take her a long time to get to seven figures. But you need to understand the power of compounding, the power of taking seeds and planting it in a fertile soil. You don't have to be the one watering it every day. That's what passive income is, right? You figure out the soil, make sure it's sterile, make sure it's fertile. Uh, not Sarah, you don't want Sarah, so yeah, no, we don't want autoimmune illnesses necessarily, right? We want fertile soil, find a soil, you plant it in, you find someone to water it, and then it grows. And when it's time for harvesting, they'll send you the paycheck in the mail, or they'll make it into reinvesting it for you. And that's how taking your seed money by being a badass negotiator, by learning from Linda Street, that's what it takes. And then you now take that seed, you learn where to put the money, you learn that physicians are not bad with money, you learn how to stop making money a taboo, and that's how you're going to build your net worth. Anything else you want to say, Linda? No, I was going to say, this has been so fun because I think we're so in alignment on so many of our beliefs on this, but coming from it, from the two different angles and two different perspectives, it just really amplifies that this is universal. This is something that you can do. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be Dr. Latifat. You can be you and do the same thing. Like we're not individually special unicorns. We live on opposite areas of the country and different cost of living things. We have different specialties and we're both able to do this because we made the same choices and not even the same choices in the sense of we do the exact same investments. We certainly do not, but we made the choice of, I want to have my money work for me so that I'm not constantly working for it. And money is not a bad thing. And it is something that can allow me as a human, as an individual to have the ability to do what I want to do with this one life I get. I can help others. I can do what I'm here to do because I have that. And so it's so fun. I love it. I love it. And I think that, I mean, I almost feel like we're standing in a line holding hands where you're like, get the money in. And I'm like, 
all right, now you have the money in. This is what we do with it, right? It's like, it's yeah. like a um, But Red Rover, we're like wanting you to come over. <laughs> we just want you to listen. I And I know that, okay, I know that Linda gets pissed off about this too, but literally I get so upset when I hear all those data, when I hear all those stories and I'm like, y'all, if we can just empower ourselves, if we can just remember the value we bring, if we can just learn how to use the power of our brain and our psychology and simple tools, we will change the data. Like imagine 10 years from now, when the next generation of doctors are starting out for us to look, I mean, even looking back like 15 years ago, the percentage of men and women in medicine is very different from what it is to now. But imagine if 10 years from now, we're looking at the data about net worth in physician space and it looks different where there's no disparities based on the color of your skin, based on your gender, based on whether, you know, like imagine, just imagine that for a second, like that is actually possible, but it's not going to happen if nothing changes, right? Because if we can't do the same thing and hoping for a different result, we have to change. We want the system to change, but we already know that the system doesn't change if we don't change it. And we are not going to change it if we're shying away from this conversation, if we're not having seats at the table. And when you have money, you create a seat for yourself at the table. And if it does not, you create your own freaking table. But the bottom line is in order to have the change that we want to see, you have to do something. And we're here to help you, right? You're listening on this on either my podcast or you're leading on the, listening to this on Dr. Street's podcast. The bottom line is there's a ton of resources and we're here to help. How can people work with you? Can you tell us that? Dr. Street. Yes, I know. So I'm at simplystreetmd.com. Nice and easy. And you just go on my website, reach out with a contact form. The course is available there. Listen to the podcast. I do a course or I do one-on-one strategy sessions, whichever. The course comes with one. And we will help you get to where you need to be. And even if you just don't know where you should be, we're able to provide resources through MGMA so that you have data to know kind of where do I stand? So that you can begin that conversation of, is this where I want to be? And I think with a final note to that, by you demanding your worth, you're making it easier for the women behind you to demand theirs. You're setting the expectation higher. And so you're not only helping yourself, you're helping pave the way for those who are behind you. Amen. And where can my listeners find you? So if you want to find me, I'm on moneyfitmd.com. So money, F-I-T md.com. I have a program that I've run. It's turning into a village for women physicians that I'm extremely proud of. It's literally where women can come with all their money drama, their money stories, their money mistakes, and we help you. We literally equip you with the tools that you need. You show up, you learn the stuff, and you just embrace, become the money badass that all of us have the capacity to, to become. And I just, I love the community because I tend to attract mission-driven women physicians, which I love because I can't think of better people to have money than that. And I mean, I've experienced shame. I've experienced broke. I've experienced not having. So there's literally no story. (laughs) Broke, brokeity broke. There's literally no story that is ever surprising to me ever again. And for me, I love it when I see people bring their stuff and 
evolve. It's just a joy to see because this stuff works. What we're talking about works. And yeah, so go to my website. You can sign up. You pay for one time or three time payment and you get to be in there forever because I want you to grow your net worth to six, seven figures and beyond. The bottom line is if you want it, you can have it and it doesn't have to be complicated. That's what it's about. And it's so much easier to achieve these things. It's so much easier to advocate for yourself, to build your wealth when you are in a community of like-minded women. So not that we're not fabulous and we certainly can offer a lot of support and offer a lot of things, but I think that it shouldn't be discounted the value of being in a group of like-minded women. Absolutely. 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 Guys, this has been like the best two two for one deal ever, in my opinion. It's been such a joy. Anytime I get a chance to (laughs) hang out with Linda, she's just a wealth of knowledge, information. I love what you're doing for women physicians. I love that what you're doing is just helping get money into the right hands that we want it to be in so that we can do more good. So thanks for what you're doing. And I cannot see, wait to see all the even more bigger impact you will continue to create in this world. So thank you. Yes, back at you. And thank you for taking that money they've negotiated for and helping them amplify it so that it's just snowball. Just gets so bigger from break here. break shit up. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. It's been a pleasure. And subscribe to her podcast and subscribe to my podcast because we want you. Yes. You'll hear all the best things every week. Everywhere, everywhere. All right, guys, have a good week. Bye-bye. Hey, Doc, do you want to have money left at the end of the month? You definitely want to check out our free video series on how to have money left, aka how to cash flow. It will change your money game. To get access, I want you to check out the link www.moneyfitmd.com forward slash cash flow. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.